Welcome to the KBB Review podcast from Taylor's Media with me, Andy Davis. This is episode three of this special podcast, looking at how the independent retailers and the companies that supply them in the kitchen and bathroom market are managing the coronavirus situation we all find ourselves in. I'm recording this in my loft at home after we closed up the Taylor's offices last week. But luckily for me, though, most people have been socially distancing themselves from me for years, so I'm quite used to it. So that's it then. Uh, I'm recording this Tuesday morning and Boris announced last night that the country is to all intents and purposes in lockdown. That means, of course, that all kitchen and bathroom retail showrooms are now closed, although my impression from talking to a few people yesterday is that most had already made that decision over the weekend for themselves. Just to demonstrate how quickly this is all moving, the guests I've got on today may already sound a little out of date, given the measures put in place last night, but they are still really, really worth listening to. Yesterday morning, I spoke to Jim Geddes from Kitchens by J.S. Geddes up in Kilmarnock. He was, of course, named the Kitchen Retailer of the Year back at our KBB Review Retail and Design Awards at the start of March, although that feels like a lifetime ago now. But it's fascinating to hear how he's managing his business through all this. And on Friday afternoon, I caught up with Eamon Donnelly, the CEO of Uform, based in Northern Ireland, of course. Very experienced and successful business. So again, a cool head in a crisis. And his checklist of what areas of your business you should be looking at is absolutely invaluable. I'd also really like to hear from you. I want to know how you're getting on, how you're managing your way through and what advice you have or what advice you've received that's inspiring you to push through. Is your business still going? Are you carrying on trading, even though your showroom might be closed? Find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com and I'll put that address in the episode description. But speaking of Taylor's Media, here's your shameless plug. We're the home of KBB Review, Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms and Studio Magazines. And we may be doing it from home, but we're producing all our magazines as usual. I'd really like to steer people today actually towards our websites, as they're being updated more than ever. There's kbbreview.com, of course, but there's also our new consumer site from Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms called These Three Rooms, which you can find at these3rooms.com. And the studio site, which is studio-news.com, is also a great source of news and ideas for the residential interior design market. So we're open for business, so use us to tell everyone that you are too. Okay, let's head up to Scotland now to talk to, I think, one of the industry's most experienced retailers and our current kitchen retailer of the year, uh, who was crowned earlier on in March. We've got Jim Geddes on the phone. Jim? Hi, Andrew. Good to hear from you. Hello, sir. Now, listen, how are you? Most important question, I think, is how are you and how are the family? Family's good. We're all all working in the business still, and we're just keeping going every day. So it's uh, a very unique situation we're all in, isn't it? So we just... uh, well, look, you've, you've already described this to me as as, as the, the most difficult situation you've had in thirty five years of business. What is what is the current status of your business now? Are you are the showrooms open? Is the business running? Give, give us a snapshot of how it's all looking. Well, from this morning, we decided to close the showroom, um, which we have done. Although we're still in the offices, uh, we've got offices as part of our showroom, so we've kept them opened. But uh, really, the showroom's shut so that uh, we can avoid people coming in here. We're still installing kitchens, which is uh, very positive, and clients um, are still happy for us to come in and do that. We're obviously being extremely careful where we go and what we do. Uh, our installation directors phoning clients, 
on a daily basis just to ensure that no one has been informed that they've got the virus or are uh, been in contact with it. So from that point, uh, designers are working from home just now and uh, thankfully still selling the odd kitchen or two, which is good. Um, so we can't say it's a positive situation, but uh, we're certainly coping with it as best well, let's we step, can at the moment. Let's step back to the fact that you've closed your showroom there. What was the motivation yeah. behind that? Was it literally about the sort of health and safety element of it, uh, or is it that you know that nobody was coming in? No, it's, it's uh, definitely been the health and safety aspect. Right. Um, we've obviously listened to the government's uh, directives, uh, and I know how just listening to them, how keen they are not to, to close businesses at the moment that don't need to be closed. But we just felt that uh, really we've got to show a position of strength here. And I think the strength really is by backing what the government's asking us to do. Yeah, so, so and your, your staff, um, your, you know, your, they're all still working as far as you're concerned. Yep. There's no, they, yep. they may not be in the showroom, but they are at home and they are working. Yeah, they're all working, yeah. Um, and we said it before about our guys, we've got a tremendous team that we have total confidence and trust in them. Um, and they are still fighting hard for the business, still trying to sell product at the moment. They're trying to install product, and obviously our warehouse is still taking in product. So um, we've just got to keep going as long as it's possible to keep going, as long as it's safe to keep going as well. Well, look, that's really positive uh, and very good news. Let's go back, I think, to some of the, the current projects that you've got on the go, where you're actually in people's homes. What what reaction are you getting from those customers about your guys coming in and out of their houses at the moment? Are some okay with it, but some of uh, you know how many customers have voluntarily paused that installation? Um, I think the customers that we are in just now um, are okay about it, but we've actually got a different strategy in place for installations at the moment. Um, what we were doing before was like most companies. Um, we'll still be working one job uh, while we start another job. You know, so we, we generally start fitting about three or four kitchens in a week. We've changed the strategy. What we're doing is we are finishing every kitchen we are doing. You know, getting the worktops in from solid surface, whatever it might be, getting them completed before we start the next project. Now it sounds a small change, but I think it's quite important because it it means that the customers are a bit more confident that we're going to be in quicker. And from our point of view, it means that we're not going to be leaving customers with half a kitchen fitted, as far as possible, that is. So we're trying to kind of manage it a wee bit better. The clients themselves, yeah, they're, they're totally uh, aware of what the situation is in the sense that they know that they still want to get their kitchen fitted. Um, <clears throat> but some some want it and some don't, so we we just have to go by that. And you know, there's, there's, it's the odd nature of this business, isn't it? Is that you need the deposits of the, the kitchens in the future to pay for the products of the ones that you're fitting. You know, is there a cash flow element with trying to? You know, who who do you prioritise? The, the 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 suppliers, the fitters, the um, the the staff. I mean, this is the difficult thing that a lot of retailers are facing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I totally understand it. Um, we are probably at this moment in time. We are in a fortunate situation that the cash flow is very good. Um, we had a meeting with all our staff last week and we did tell them that as far as possible we will be paying um, full wages 
um, for as, as long as it's totally possible, which um, we've sort of budgeted to be able to do this for the next few months. Because um, at the end of the day, these guys uh, have backed us as a company and we feel really this is the time we've got to back our staff and look after them as much as we can. Now, after that meeting we had, um, <clears throat> we got various texts and calls from people individually in the in the company, um, just relieved basically that they're still going to be earning money because I think that's the worry with a lot of uh, staff is that they won't be earning money, um, and suppliers as well. We'll we'll ensure that we pay the bills just now that have to be paid. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a worrying situation for everyone in every industry for cash flow, and cash flow doesn't last forever if you're not bringing money in. So. Thankfully, last week we had a decent enough week for considering the situation, um, and you know the clients that we sold to bought uh, paid deposits, etc. So that was positive, um, and we just need to we just need to take it week by week or even day by day, and and. Uh, how it goes. I mean, one of the things that's always very impressive about the way you run your business is that you you do plan everything uh, to the minutest detail. You measure yeah. and monitor everything to the minutest mm-hmm. detail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can you give any indication of, of the level of uh, fall-off in footfall or interest that you might have had? Is it too early to look at that kind of thing? No. Um, footfall in the past week... Uh, was down dramatically. I mean, there was a huge drop in that. Um, from getting whatever number, 30, 30 people in a week through the door, we probably went down to about four or five people through the door um, in the week. So there wasn't a lot of traffic. The ones that we did have through the door, and excluding this as showroom traffic, was basically the ones that had appointments to come in. They were still coming in, generally speaking, one or two cancelled, but generally the ones that had appointments were still coming in. So that that was a positive for us as well. And of course, you you do have a very impressive database of customers. You do mm. you do keep regularly in yeah. touch with them anyway. How confident yeah. are you that you can continue uh, to to have some level of business? Uh, and and how are you going to utilise the data that you have to keep a conversation going? We've just got to to get through we get through the list of all the clients that we're dealing with. We're making contact with them. We're either doing it by email or preferably by phone. Um, and a lot of them, obviously, in this situation, are holding back to see what the situation is going to be. But um, from our point, all we can do is keep in contact, and that's what we're doing. We make sure social media is totally up to date, and I mean that gets updated from us every two or three days. Um, we make sure all other uh, forms of marketing is happening as well. I think it's important that we keep marketing the company. Um, the last thing we want to do is uh, stop marketing us and putting us out there because when people do get back to buying kitchens again, we want them to know our name. And I think every every company probably needs to, to look at that as well. Uh, but I think marketing at this stage in the game is very, very important. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because unlike, say, you know, the only comparable thing we've got here is 2008, right? When, when you yeah. know, there was a big economic crash. But the difference with this one is, uh, a, it's so much more unpredictable, but it, it does feel like it is a, fi- very, it is a finite 
stop on something. You know, do, we do know that at some point we will all be allowed out of our houses again. Um, and there is this, you know, the, we, there's a very positive outlook, and I think it's one we always we, we need to talk about as much as possible, that there will be a pent-up demand here. People aren't going to not... You know, once they know their jobs are safe and they can go back to work and they can go back to their lives, they will want to carry on doing everything they yeah. were doing before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't think the world will stop. I think we'll keep going and we'll get back to normal again. I think as a country, I think it's been handled very well. We take political issues out of it and political ideas out of it, but at the end of the day, what's happening is very, very sensible. Certainly, I think... That's a real positive as well, that uh, the country's been quite strong in handling this. Um, obviously, we've not got to the state of, of Italy at this stage, and hopefully we don't, but we just have to take the advice all the time and work on it. What conversations are you having with your suppliers at the moment? Obviously, there is just literally getting trucks to your door type uh, issues yep. with supply. But I think an awful lot of retailers will be on the phone to their uh, area managers talking about credit, talking about extending their credit until they get some idea of, of what their own cash flow is going to be like. So what kind of conversations are you having? We're having more of a sort of supply conversation just now. We've spoken to our major our German suppliers as our main ones, which is Paul and Paul and Kuhlman. Kuhlman have shut the factory down in Germany, so the last delivery comes this week. Um, Paul and Paul, thankfully, are, are staying open. Um, I think most of their product is sourced uh, from Germany, so that's a positive. With regards to the cash flow side of it, we haven't had financial discussions with them yet. That's something that we probably will look at doing in the next two to three weeks, just to see where we're at. As I say, at this moment in time, we're quite comfortable with the way our finances are working, that we're able to cope with what's happening. As you say, those conversations will come at some point. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to. I mean, we, we want to try and delay that as long as possible, but obviously we don't want to be in a situation where we've left it too long. So we will have the conversations, as I say, in the next week or two. Our priority at the moment, I reckon if we keep fitting kitchens, then we keep the, ca- the cash flow coming in, basically. So that's where we need to be at. We need to try and continue to install kitchens. I know this is kind of going over some of the ground we've already covered here, but you know you've been in this game a long time. You've won lots of awards. You've got a very, you've got a, a big, impressive business there. What advice can you give? Do you think to I, I guess those smaller retailers that necessarily don't have the kind of resource that's available to you? What advice do you have for them? I think th- this is so unique that we're all just feeling our way along and trying to take advice from. From obviously governments to say we're looking, we'll look online and see what other retailers are doing. It's hard to give advice because nobody really knows what we're we're fighting against an enemy that they can't really see just now. So it's really hard for us to know what's going to happen, whether it's going to be two weeks, two months, or six months down the line before it's uh, we're going to get back to normality. Cash flow is a huge thing because at the end of the day, we want all businesses to still be going at the end of this. Uh, or once once the recovery happens, we want everybody to still be working. Very, very difficult to give good advice because I'm looking to get good advice from everybody, from any industry at all. But I think certainly I would just try and keep positive with it all, just look to, to government advice. That's what we're doing. And obviously, as you said earlier, cash flow is very, very important. 
I think if they can retailers can reduce their their outgoings just now, then that would that would be positive as well. But it's really unique. It's totally unique. Where are you looking to for advice, especially on you know? There's some very and and and, and, and this is very understandable because they're making it up as they go along. But there's an awful lot of uh, of announcements and things coming out of the government about yeah. financing and you know backing yeah. up people's wages and all this kind of thing. Where, where yeah. are you turning to to try and get through, trying to work out what exactly is going on there? I think we're looking internally. Um, we talk to a team all week. And we're taking advice from each other. We're looking at our own directors because we've all been in this business a long, long time, as you rightly said. So we're looking to each other to how we can improve what we're doing in the sense of the cash flow side of it just now. Um, So we're we're taking advice. I think mainly advice has to come from the government. And I think what uh, the Chancellor did as well, I thought was extremely positive for the country. Obviously, there'll be a payback time once this is all back. But uh, just now, I think it's extremely positive what they've done for the country in, in terms of salaries and wages, etc., and trying to keep companies going. I'm of the belief that they'll want to keep the construction industry going, being probably the biggest industry in the UK. So I don't think there's been too much talk about anything happening with shutting down sites or developments or whatever that's going on. So I think that's a positive from our point as well. But see, at the end of the day, Andrew, the most important thing is that we do all get through it in a healthy state at the yeah. end of it. I think that's the most important thing. Businesses can come and go. We will all get back to normal at one stage, but we do need to stay healthy, and that's important. Well, look, Jim, thank you so much for, for sparing us a little bit of time today. I really do appreciate it. And yeah. I think we'll, we'll we'll try and talk to you again in a few weeks' time and see how we're getting on. Yeah, excellent, Andrew. It's nice speaking to you. Right. Hopefully we'll chat again. It'll be a, a better, better time for us all. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Well, thanks, Jim. Yeah. All the best to everyone there. Okay, thanks, Andrew. Right, joining me now, hopefully, from Northern Ireland is the U-Form CEO, Eamon Donnelly. Eamon, are you there? I am indeed. How are you, Andy? I'm all right, sir. How are you getting on? Give us an idea of uh, of what the current status of U-Form is. Current status of U-Form, as of yesterday evening, is we've got um, a really good order book. But we're not naive enough to understand that that's not going to be sustained, obviously, given all the um, news that's actually out in public domain at the moment. Obviously, there are a number of people losing their jobs, a number of people in jail are contracts that have lost their jobs. So, obviously, consumer spending will actually take, we believe, a considerable downturn over the uh, incoming weeks and months. Well, for for those people living under a rock who aren't uh, familiar with U-Form in terms of its scale and its size, give us an idea of the, of the reach that U-Form has. We have approximately 1,850 buying accounts. We employ uh, 245 people. The last reported uh, revenue was 35 million, and we're on course this year to do about 38 million, or we're on course this year. Our financial year ends at the end of April. Yes, we're on course. I mean, that's the question. Everything moving so quickly here. What provisions have you been able to put in place uh, to, to sort of keep the logistics of things moving so far? There's been no impact whatsoever, as I speak of today, of any logistic challenges within the business and our supply chain, uh, which we would class as a, a Champions League supply chain that we've worked our backside of over the last 20 years to establish and grow that relationship with, have worked incredibly, incredibly hard at making sure that they, with, with their own workforce, which is probably exceeding the main supplier, probably upwards of 1,500 people, 
uh, worked incredibly hard, uh, but making sure that the supply chain has remained sustainable uh, in, in, in the first instance. And as of now, we're not seeing any business interruption at all from a supply perspective. What terms of interruptions are you seeing in terms of demand? Well, none as of yet, to right. be honest with you. You know, our order book this week has been uh, very good. But what we are starting to see trickle through is a number of cancelled orders, which would be the first indication, obviously, that consumers are starting to vote with their feet. And that will that continue to increase uh, over incoming weeks. I have no doubt whatsoever about it. What we are seeing just off a Skype meeting with um, uh, the sales team is that whilst a number of people are still actually accepting area sales managers for calls, there's an increasing number of people expelling anybody, anybody from their premises. But for us, first and foremost, the principal concern for us is the health and well-being of our people and our customers. And that was reiterated again today. So there's very much actually a work-from-home policy where possible. And that that is pretty much what everyone else is doing, which is a, which is, it's very good to hear here that nobody's being particularly mercenary with things. They are looking after their people, which is absolutely right. What what long term planning can you do? Can you do anything in terms of thinking what might happen here? Well, well, well look, well, obviously we've put a management task force in place, you know, and and, and that fundamentally has been put in place, you know, to do a, a risk and response assessment, you know, and to, obviously we're ongoing monitoring uh, and analysing what we're doing and reporting on it, and you know we've got I suppose crisis operational management found of a better. In place, and we're making sure that the communication of that actually is fluid within the organisation. And I suppose the key areas that we're focusing on would be, I suppose, our, the, the, the management of our workforce, and, and as I've already referred to, uh, effectively our employee health. You know, so with a health plan and following, you know, making a health plan actually concluded, and we're making sure that our employees are actually following that and we're getting them on that. We have to be sure with that as well that we've got very clear and consistent communications and we've got a, you know, an employee support program in place. And again, where we're going through just at this moment in time, you know, the next phase of that is actually um, concluding contingency working arrangements for, for, for business continuity because obviously there will be, we believe, as the disease spreads, you know, there will be potential likely impacts on the business and we have to make sure that we actually keep people away from the organization as much as possible and uh, you know so that they, they can work from home because we've got to prevent this disease spreading also also obviously we're looking at protecting obviously our customers and our brand production you know that you know we've got to make sure that the crisis responses that they actually send out are proportionate and resonates directly with our brand expectations and indeed our values as a business you know our, our customer risk assessment you know we've done and you know product allocation plans based on customer priorities again We've made our supply chain actually in the short term um, more agile uh, through, uh, uh, I suppose, our MRP system uh, with our current supply chain where we're bringing in actually less product more often. And uh, again, you know, that's how we've assessed, I suppose, our product really from an alternative point of view. Also, we're reviewing obviously what our competitor situations are and their responses. And then alongside that, obviously, a big lens put on the short-term finance management of the company. We're obviously taking a look at the possible impact on revenue, uh, the forecasting of that, the cash flow forecasting, and, and what our interaction and intervention needs to be with that where possible. Obviously, liquidity during this time is absolutely key, and making sure that um, you know we have contingency planning around that, uh, making sure that obviously all the basics are covered, your bank facilities and your covenants. And again, what's important too, alongside all of that, uh, under the finance management, is that we continue to monitor, obviously, our supplier financial health and also our customer financial health. So what debt have we got insured? What's uninsured? Debtor days are likely to increase. 
and then fundamentally, you know, our supply chain management as well, you know, it's um, the supply chain end to end, you know, risk assessment, which we're quite happy that's done and dusted. And uh, again, you know, review our demand and supply that is referred to as part of the short term finance management as well. And then obviously legally and contractually, you know, we'll have to make sure that everything we're doing actually is, you know, the contract risk assessment and identify, obviously identifying our, our prevention actions is done as well. And with that, making sure we're compliant with managing our customers, our suppliers' contract disputes as well. If there, if there is any, it's going to come up due to actually the economic impacts. And a very fundamental, clear understanding of our employer and employee obligations. And then to underline all of that, you know, assessment of our business insurance and our business continuity disruption coverage, which we thank God we have in place. And I would suspect a lot of companies don't have that. Well, look, I mean, that is about as comprehensive a list of, of a checklist that you could possibly come up with there. And you must have come up with that in, a, in literally a couple of days. So that is incredibly impressive and very positive. So uh, well done to you. And equally, that checklist could apply to the smallest business, to the biggest business as well, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> Well, quite honest with you, you know, like I, I suppose you form been a family business, and and myself been quite a lot front of house, and that's what you know. It's, it's how we've helped build the business. We 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 really care about our customers and 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 the company values that we have, basically, you know, and that formed our culture more than ever is needed, you know. And and from my perspective, I've been asked a time out of number over the last five days, you know, to, you know, what would you do? I mean, can you help me? I've had, I've had a number, number, number of phone calls from different people, and all we're all we're trying to do is to say, look, this is how, this is what we're doing. Please, 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 actually, you know, if if you if you follow this, you're in with half a chance of coming through this. Is there anything you can do or are doing or thinking about doing to uh, mitigate your customers in terms of their own cash flow, their own credit, uh, by extending their credit or anything like that? Is there anything that you're thinking about for them? Well, look, for us, first and foremost, I have to make sure that our liquidity remains yes, remains actually uh, remains first and foremost. What what we will be doing actually with customers is actually encouraging them actually where to go and seek funding. Yeah. Um, we need to be careful about giving out extended credit terms, and if it's not insured, we can't consider that. So, in the event uh, potentially where it is insured, we could consider it. But what we will be considering doing is actually giving customers actually settlement discounts. And what we've also done as well is we, there was a price increase about to go live at the beginning of May. We've, we've now deferred that. Right, okay. And again, this is very short-term stuff, isn't it? And who knows what might happen further down the line when you get a much better understanding of what the impact of this thing is. Because we are just at the beginning of the impact here, aren't we? Without doubt, absolutely, absolutely. Well, if you take a look at China, I suppose, and for the country that actually it was, um, kicked this all off at the end of January, you know, we're, we're probably that eight, nine weeks behind them. So, you know, but there's, there's, look, there's wonderful good news stories coming out of all this as well. You know, like there's, there's, there's fundamentally, you know, Apple basically has opened 42 shops last week again. You have actually children returning to school in China. Your factory's reopening again. So, look, we have to hold on to the positivity, but there's going to be actually a, a storm that's going to have to be weathered. And I suppose the one thing we all can't do, we can't say how long this is going to last, you know, but what we can do is reflect on other countries that, 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 that appears to be turning the corner, for want of a better phrase. Do you think periods like this, and it's very hard to look at it when you're in the middle of it, but they do force people to look at their businesses very, very uh, in, very, in, in huge detail, don't they? And it makes people come out of e- these things often much more efficient and with a much better understanding of overheads and, and that kind of thing. Do you think that the, this is an, uh, the period to do that? Without doubt, absolutely. Every single line 
within the nominal ledger is microscopically analysed. And by turning every, every, we're looking at every line, turning every page, you're saying, you know, do we really need that? You know, and fundamentally, what is critical to this business? You know, and, and for us, there, 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 there's three things we've looked at. What's critical to the business? What's actually required? And what's optional? And again, that could apply to the smallest retailer to the biggest manufacturer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you very much for your time today, Eamon. That's really, really interesting. That's a proper checklist of things to, for people to go through. So I really do appreciate your, your time. Not a problem. Just hope we, hope we can help somebody. And at the end of the day, look, we're, we're going to remain as positive as we can be about all of this. But for us, it's the health and well-being, basically, of, of our people and our yeah. nation. And if we, can, if, we can, if we can prevent more of this disease spreading, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest point to make to everybody because then it shortens this whole cycle. And we'll come back out of it again. The good business people will come through this with the proper guidance. That's great, mate. Thank you for your help. Cheers, Andy. See all the best. Massive thanks to Jim Geddes and Eamon Donnelly for their insights today. Really reassuring to hear two such experienced people talk calmly about planning, cash flow, marketing overheads, but I think above all else, keeping their staff safe and well. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. <laughs>